0: Thank you so much for listening. So, let's get started with this week's latest program to help you and your family take control of your health. Welcome, everyone. This is Dr. Mercola helping you take control of your health. And today we are joined by Dr. Val Cantor, who is uh, located in Beverly Hills, California. And she's a board certified endodontist, but she's just not a regular dentist. She's a biological dentist, one who understands and appreciates. Natural uh, medical principles, because uh, you may not appreciate it, but your oral health is really intimately tied to your overall health, and and sadly, the vast majority of dentists um, really haven't, and just like the vast majority of conventional physicians, have not integrated these natural health principles, and as a result, are really causing catastrophic health challenges. You know, the, and interestingly, the sad reality is that if we knew. How to eat from the time we were born, that the need for this type of, for any type of dentistry would, I my, in my view, would decrease by ninety to ninety-five percent, because we just wouldn't have cavities. <laughs> the, 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 the cause for cavities would disappear. But that's not the case, and and thankfully we have trained professionals who can help restore our health, and, and Dr. Cantor is one of them. So welcome and thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Mercola. Pleasure to be here.
0: All right, so uh, you're you know. The the third generation dentist. Your grandfather and father were dentists. I'm assuming.
1: Uh, it was actually my father and my great uncle. Oh, great um, uncle! Th- both from Florida. He actually um, was practicing in Miami for for his whole lifetime, and and my dad practices in Sarasota, Florida. So not too far.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's on the you know. Saras- Sarasota's on the other coast. I'm on the East Coast because I love the ocean. But uh, the so you're but you're out in Beverly Hills and. Uh, why'd you make that transition from Florida, man? That's like,
1: well, well. it's, it's been a journey for sure. I'm, you know, born and raised in Florida for first 30 years of my life. I went to school at the University of Florida, had an amazing education and, but I was itching to get out to California. I love the weather. Um, I love the lifestyle. And so I knew I was going to make the move. And after 10 years in a small town of Gainesville, Florida, where the University of Florida resides, I was ready to get to the big city. So I quickly made my way over here. And over that first five years that I was here, you know, I just started doing self-exploration. And and that's what got me into the biological dentistry community is because I started really waking up myself. You know, I had some enlightening Um moments and... It was really interesting because I was raised in mainstream, mainstream dentistry, mainstream health. You know, not really understanding what I do now. And it was through that self discovery that I actually learned about water fluoridation and the major, major damage that that has created in in this entire country and world. Really, I got uh, involved with the Fluoride Action Network and worked closely with uh, Michael Connet um, for for a long time doing been publishing research on some of the damages, Uh, some of the things that are so obvious to us is um, you know uh, uh, fluorosis in kids Uh, it was originally thought to only affect 10% of kids and now we're at the place where it's affecting 50% or more Mm -hmm. kids and with that, that's a window That's a view of what's happening inside the body and I know you're very familiar with this so that's what got me on the path and that led me into learning about ozone and, and laser therapy. And it it really opened up a whole new world for me in the field of endodontics.
0: Yeah. So I think we, since that's your specialty, I think we should focus on that. Um, I've been aware of biological dentistry for the last 25 years. And one of my early medical, medical mentors has schooled me in that. And I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. Uh, one of them was to have my amalgams removed. And I had a, a, a probably somewhere over a dozen for sure, maybe even been 16, uh, and it was moved incorrectly and caused kidney problems. Uh, to this day, I still suffer from those challenges. But uh, fortunately, I knew enough early on, thanks to, the, to my mentors, that I did never wanted a root canal. And uh, one of the founding members of the American Endodontic Society, uh, I believe it's Dr. George Meinig, wrote the book the root canal cover up which you're familiar with and uh, mm-hmm. if someone hasn't read that it's a really good primer and gives you some solid information as to why you want to consider avoiding this but I'm sure you're going to summarize that for us now and and really update us because um it is a challenge you know you, you know ideally you know the conventional thought and wisdom for conventional the conventional dentistry wants to preserve that keep that tooth and and so they'll they'll do a root canal and that prevent you from having to find a replacement for that tooth, but there's lots of complications. So with that being set as a stage, why don't you walk us through that and update us on the latest strategies, uh, that, uh, are available to us.
1: I'm happy to do it. And it's really, really critical because There's over 20 million root canal procedures done every year in the U.S. That's in the
0: U.S. alone, right?
1: That's in the U.S. alone. So it's an astronomical number. And most of those root canal procedures are done by general dentists. Now, while you're in dental school, you do a handful of root canal procedures. And and that's it. And then after that-
0: Less less than 10, a handful Most
1: schools, less than 10. And so now you're off on your own and you're really- you know, it's, it's difficult in in medicine and dentistry nowadays, because there's so many influences coming in from the insurance companies, and the representatives from different, you know, companies that are selling equipment and products, and these reps come in, and often they're the ones teaching the dentists how to do some of these procedures. Now, of course, you know, there's a, there's a a whole variety of, of different types and styles of, of dentistry out there, and people are committed in different ways. But but ultimately, it's a huge influence, and, and and that really that hurts my heart because I focus my my whole life on endodontics and really trying to elevate the level of care that I provide. And really 75% or more are are performed by general dentists. So that's one of the most important things that I want the listeners to understand is that there is a specialty out there that focuses on this procedure. So if you do decide to have the procedure done, please go see a specialist, go see two or three, get multiple opinions. It's so important to really see, because I, I, Feel that a lot of root canal procedures are done unnecessarily it's kind of a it's a quick way to hit a symptom just like a medication it's oh let's take out the nerve and and the pain will stop but these these inflammations inside the the teeth, they can be reversed. I see it daily in my practice. I see Mm -hmm. a lot of patients that come, they want to prevent a root canal. And there's a whole new world of regenerative dentistry and regenerative endodontics that if you're using the proper equipment, you can preserve the vitality of the teeth. And and that's my passion and goal. Now, with that said, most of my practice is retreating old contaminated root canals. And um, And just to to share a little bit about,
0: you know. But let's break it up, though, because mm -hmm. those are two really important uh, points I'd like you to review and cover. So let's talk about prevention, if if that's okay. We'll start there for sure. Treatment with the more common scenarios, an already existing root canal. But Mm -hmm. like most anything in, in medical or dental care, the key is prevention, not treatment.
1: Absolutely. I mean, nutrition, like you said, is the utmost important thing. A lot of us are deficient in many incredible nutrients and and vitamins that we need. Vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin K are three critical components to, to oral health. Making sure you have enough minerals. Unfortunately, most of our food is deficient in the minerals and micronutrients we need because of the way that farming has been done. So you really have to go out and and the way we practice in my office is really a precision model of of dentistry where we treat each person as an individual you can do micronutrient testing you can test their vitamin d level their hemoglobin a1c actually a lot of it right in the office so when a new patient comes in we have the ability to customize a treatment plan customize a, a diet for them and i it's challenging because the nutritional component of dental schools is minuscule the same way that I believe that it is in most medical schools. And you have to actually go out on your own. And that's you know why I did advanced training with the um, Academy of uh, the ACIMD, um, which is basically integrative biological dentistry and medicine training to become a naturopath. And it's, it's specific for dentists to take this, this course and to learn about nutrition and the things that I never got to in school. So by decreasing sugar in your diet and stress, You can actually, your teeth are this beautiful complex system that are actually healing themselves constantly. And there's an outward fluid flow inside the nerve complex in your tubules, and it's protecting your teeth. As soon as you start loading your body with sugar and all these other things, the fluid flow just reverses. And that leads to an influx in bacteria and, you know, and other toxins that can start to create inflammation in the tooth. And the tooth is a very complex and unique system unlike anywhere else in the body if you have inflammation from you know any other injury your skin can stretch and swell whereas the tooth is encapsulated in this really the hardest structure in your body enamel and it can't stretch so when inflammation starts to build up it can quickly turn into a pathological process and that's what leads to major nerve damage all
0: right and thankfully we we're given the gift of pain and pain gives us a clue that there's something else, something going on. And uh, my suspicion is that's the primary reason that uh, causes most people to have for a canal. So to intervene, I mean, at the point you have pain, you have a problem, uh, it's a bit too late to start doing these interventions you described like optimizing nutrition and micronutrients. So what can you do at that point to reverse it without having to destroy the tooth?
1: (laughs) Okay so with that said I'm going to slide over to a couple images to show you some really cool stuff in in laser treatments and regenerative dentistry one of the one of the things is uh ozone therapy uh between wow, ozone therapy and,
2: and I love it I know
1: and, and, and laser therapy I have found a way to reverse so many pulpitis. Pulpitis is inflammation of the pulp or nerve, nerve complex of the tooth. I have completely reversed them, Even when the decay and the bacteria have made it all the way into the nerve tissue, you can use the laser therapy to actually sterilize the surface of the nerve, use the ozone gas to not only kill bacteria and, and any other pathogens that may be there, but actually stimulate the immune system response in the body. And so to give
0: does, you an this go ahead. does the laser go through the tooth or do you actually have to expose the decay to the laser?
1: I'm gonna show you a little video right now that I think you're gonna love. This is a example. Oh, did I lose you?
0: No, I'm there. There
1: you go. Okay, perfect. This is an example of how the laser can remove decay in a tooth structure. This is from one of my laser mentors, Dr. Mark Kalana. And if you watch in this video, it's phenomenal. This is the laser beam that you can see here. This is just an LED to show you where the laser energy is going because this wavelength, you can't actually see with the human what's eye. The wa-
0: what's the, what's the wavelength? It's
1: 2940. Doing? This is an Erbium YAG laser. Okay. So if you, if you watch in the video, you can just see the two structures starting to, so par- it appears par- to just be par- melting par- away.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: So it's, it's, this is incredible because instead of using, you actually don't even need anesthesia for a, for a treatment like this with the laser because it's so gentle on the, on the tooth structure. When you use a, a, a drill, there's tons of air and water blasting in and it creates sent major pain and sensitivity into the wow, tooth structure. So impressive. the laser can do this entire process with absolutely no anesthesia and it's sterilizing the surface as you go. Why is this wow. important? When you have a drill, Dr. Mercola, you have a, a burr that you're starting to remove decay yes. filled with bacteria correct? Now, yeah. as you go, as a dentist is drilling deeper into the tooth, into the more vulnerable layers near the nerve, you're, you're carrying that bacteria that's trapped in the burr, and you're actually driving it deeper in the tooth. With the laser, you're sterilizing cell layer by cell layer, and it's, it's really incredible. So how that actually looks, um, there's an area of decay in a tooth, okay? Mm-hmm. This, do, do you see that central area that's darker red? That's the nerve tissue directly underneath this decay. So
0: So what I if the laser hits the nerve, does it kill the nerve?
1: No, it doesn't kill the nerve. That's what's so beautiful about it. it. So, but my my goal is always to to prevent any sort of pulp exposure if I can. In Mm -hmm. this view, you can see that area of decay is completely clean now from the laser treatment. And it basically just sends these little pulses in that start to remove any soft tissue, any any soft decayed tissue. And then we can leave a clean surface there too. Now this is when I bring my ozone in and I ozonate the entire surface and that gas can extend into the tubules. And-
0: Is that that pre, that's post-laser treatment?
1: This is post-laser treatment. So on t- from here, we use these special bioceramic materials. Um, and then if you see this, this video or this image here, what you're mm-hmm. looking at, the dark area is the nerve tissue. The bright white area is a filling, but mm-hmm. in between, you see that lighter gray, okay, in between mm-hmm. the very dark and the very bright white.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That is brand new tooth structure that grew wow. after we did this procedure, and using new bioceramic materials that are so biocompatible, um, the body is just absolutely responding beautifully to these to these procedures. And those can be used for all sorts of regenerative procedures and endodontics.
0: Yeah. So, so regenerative dentistry is another one of your specialties. And I, I'm just curious if you could get up to some state-of-the-art because I'm pretty confident at some point we'll have the ability. But right now, it appears you, you put... A, a a filling in there to to Mm -hmm. cover that up because right now the state of the art doesn't allow us to, to uh, essentially have the body do that for itself by either stem cells or some type of matrix that that you put in there. So can you give us an insight as to what the state of the art is and what the likely uh, um, uh, anticipation is for having that type of technology where we have truly restorative dentistry?
1: I, there's definitely plenty of studies out there that are looking at using using collagen um, matrices embedded mm-hmm. with different medications and different things that they're trying to stimulate the natural dentin wow. formation. I haven't read anything about new enamel formation um, from a dental perspective. However, there's tons of stuff coming out about p- potentially regrowing teeth. From a scratch like using a tooth scaffold so instead of having to to go to an implant you know something that's a, a complete foreign body but actually using these scaffolds that your body can grow a new tooth from and what's really like and it's actually been happening for for a while using some of these biomaterials and and I want to share this with you again because this is I think you're going to absolutely love this this is actually a procedure where a tooth that is necrotic has been brought back to life. So let's, wow. let me show you this picture. You'll notice when this pops up in a second, the image on the left is a, a tooth in a, in a young you know, patient where this tooth died. The white um, line you see kind of going down through the tooth, that's that's a, an endodontic instrument this tooth was cleaned out using a really traditional root canal type procedure, at least the first part of it. This is and in then, slide
0: A. In slide A?
1: In slide A. Now, if you look at slide B, they placed one of these bioceramic materials halfway down the root. And you can, if you can appreciate the shapes of the roots in the image A to image B, that root actually came back to life and completed yeah. its formation.
0: Yeah. The, for those who don't appreciate it, that's the lighter gray around there.
1: Yeah. The arrow pointing to... The- right yeah exactly so this is so cool that that we have this and and lasers are are making a a huge wave in dentistry i mean using photobiomodulation mm-hmm. or low level laser you can actually stimulate the mitochondria inside the tissues upregulating atp production collagen synthesis angiogenesis and so we do these low level laser procedures on every single patient that's coming to see me. And it's profound, the amount of healing and the reduction of pain and inflammation that we can see with so the
0: I'm curious, what what frequencies are you using and when do you uh, use the therapy? Is it post-intervention? post, post uh, intervention?
1: Yes, I, so I offer for every single one of my patients that has treatment to come back anytime they'd like to have this low-level laser treatment. It takes a couple minutes. This is using a neodymium YAG laser, which is 1064 wavelength. And I generally use it at 20 um, hertz. So the frequency is 20. And then if it's intraoral, we usually use it at a two watt um, power level.
0: For just a few minutes, and that's all you need.
1: That's all you need. There's a, there's a magic um, window,
0: window. Right. yeah,
1: of the amount of energy that you want to put into the cells without overdoing it.
0: Yeah, because there's, it's, it's a, uh, if you use too much, it's going to be counterproductive. productive.
1: Yeah. So if you wanna um, if you want to go back to, you know, George Manning's book that we initially started discussing and, and some of the issues with, you know, traditional root canal therapy, I think it's really important that we hit
0: well, before we, do, we go there, I just want to finish up because you gave the encouragement uh, for someone having these challenges to see a, a board-certified antidontist. And I'm, do most of the antidontists have uh, are implemented the procedures you just demonstrated to us or showed us? Or would that be a, a small segment who, who's enlightened like yourself?
1: I think generally most endodontists are very comfortable with doing root canal procedures. So I think if a dentist sends their patient to an endodontist, you know, recommending evaluation or root canal therapy, I think most of them do it because they think it's necessary. Um, It's, there are some, of course, that love doing regenerative treatments as myself. My goal is to teach all of the Dentists out there about these procedures because then it doesn't even have to go to that level. If someone needs a root canal procedure, they should see an endodontist if they decide to go that route. If someone, the dentist okay, though, so need to so, be the
0: ones. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I get it. So the the uh, but there's two components. I mean, if they actually have to have the procedure performed, ideally it would be done by a, a trained, highly trained, skilled clinician, yeah. but. Uh, The counterpart is ideally you want to avoid having the procedure at all. So I I guess the bulk of the people I would hope would be seeking that intervention and is there any uh, specific questions I should ask the the endodontist? Uh, just if they're in, if they do regenerative therapies?
1: Yeah, and I think one of the I think one of the top things that you should be seeking if you are you know a patient looking for a practitioner that's going to resonate with the the things that you want, which are some of these regenerative procedures, are finding dentists that are using this laser therapy. Um, it's becoming more and more popular, but it's still probably only about 10% of dentists are are using dental lasers. So finding someone that's this, this is the Fatona or YAG laser. And I have, I mean, my whole life has changed since I started incorporating this into my practice. So that's what I would, I would start there, go to that, you know, Fatona's website find someone in your area using this laser therapy and, and that person is already open and, and on that level to where they Mm -hmm. are able to provide that care.
0: Trained and has the equipment, which is, I'm sure the equipment's not expensive. It's probably six figures or more.
1: It's definitely very expensive, but the people who are willing to pay that really truly care about the, what they're, what they're doing for their patients. And I think that's so important. All
0: right, well now we can step into George's book and, uh, we can highlight the reasons why you want to be so uh, aggressive about avoiding a root canal because there's a lot of reasons, and it's not all related to your long term health.
1: Yeah, reading that book myself, it's it's obviously challenging as an endodontist to come into this new light and because I went into the specialty, truly only only wanting to help people, relieve them of infection. So to even start to comprehend that I may be allowing this process to continue or to get worse by doing procedures was was a major blow to my heart, my ego, and everything that I believed in. And so I really started diving deep and I said, there has to be a way. Our bodies are amazing structures and we can heal from so many things but in this environment today with so many things starting to add on to one another, it's starting to weigh us down. And we're seeing it that in all these you know, chronic diseases that people are developing um, and And the, the book that you're referencing, um, it, it highlights a lot of the studies that Dr. Weston Price did. Mm-hmm. And just reading about case after case where he took, you know, infected root canal treated teeth, and embedded them under the skin of a rabbit. Um, and thank, thank you to them for sacrificing themselves for the study, it was so important that we start to learn this. And for whatever chronic disease that patient was suffering from that ended up having that root canal tooth extracted, actually showed up in these rabbits. In most cases, not every case, but in many, many of the cases, the rabbit immediately developed the diseases that that, that donor had. And so that, is that it is such a huge issue that we need to revisit um, as a specialty because things have obviously changed. This is 100 years ago that these procedures were being done. And you can imagine how a dental office or procedure may have looked 100 years ago, even 20 years ago, it's it's night and day. And so the fact that we have all this advanced technology, this is what I'm here to talk about is that, hey, there's there's actually things that people have no idea about we are cleaning these teeth on a whole nother level. And yes, the research needs to now be duplicated using the technology that's available today. And that's one of the things that I'm going to be doing in my lifetime. I'm I'm actually serving as the endo director of the IAOMT's uh, board, so we are in the process of-
0: IAOMT is the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. Yeah, so we're in the
1: process of developing studies to try to recreate some of these and, and see truly what's, still, what's going on, cleaning at the level that we are now versus in the 1900s.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. So there's certainly a need for that, no question. So
1: so I want to show you a couple more um, slides, Dr. McCullough, that I think uh, are important for everyone. Let's see here. so what we're, we're just talking about you know in the 1900s these teeth are still very toxic and even just nine years ago according to the AAE which is the American Association of Endodontists this is the overseeing board of all of the specialty of, the, of endodontics they, they even admitted current solutions and techniques are failing to completely remove everything from these teeth this is pretty profound for someone that maybe doesn't really understand, you know, these procedures that dentists are doing. And I don't even know if dentists really understand that. But what you're looking at in this image on the left is, uh, is a diagram of a root canal. This is a micro CT rendition after a, a, a tooth was treated. The red area is the area that the instruments cleaned out. The green area is, wasn't even touched. What this means is that a third of the the soft tissue of this necrotic tissue in the tooth is completely untouched by instruments. And unfortunately, most dentists and most schools that they have, I teach at UCLA and the students they have in their head, I need to get these instruments in and I got to do this shaping of these canals. And that's actually not what's cleaning the teeth at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, um, traditional root canal treatments, what's happening is the, the dentist is grabbing a syringe of, of fluid to, to irrigate the tooth. Generally, they're using sodium hypochlorite, which is essentially bleach, mm-hmm. and they're using different concentrations of that. And they're just taking a syringe with an, a small needle on it and they're just introducing it down into the canal. Well, it's not cleaning everything out. It's only cleaning a teeny tiny percentage of the dentinal tubules leaving a ton behind of bacteria and toxins. And in the picture on the right, you see all this black material. These are complete channels of necrotic tissue that are left behind during these procedures. So we can see why these teeth can be so toxic if all of this material is left behind. This is the coolest thing, and I, I wanted to bring this to you because I don't know, if, you know how many people in the world have ever seen something like this. This is a micro CT. What you're looking at is an upper molar. Okay, so one of the upper molars, and you're going to look through slice by slice as we slide through the different dimensions of the tooth. The white part is obviously the hard structure of the tooth. The dark is the nerve tissue, is the pulp, okay? So as this image starts to slide through, you can see how the roots are going to divide in this molar into these three kind of segments. But watch as you get into the tips of the root. Watch these dark areas start to appear everywhere. All of these little tiny channels, these are all hiding places for bacteria. So it does not surprise me at all that these teeth can be toxic with all of these little tiny, tiny channels that that bacteria can persist in. Okay. A
0: quick question. Um, Mm -hmm. That's an impressive demonstration, but my guess is that there's it's even more significant than that because the uh, uh, localization or of the uh, micro CT was probably not, not able to demonstrate the, the really small microtubules
2: exactly.
0: what the problem is so it probably is enormously worse than that what that visually demonstrated
1: absolutely that's not that's just looking at the main nerve channels not even tubules um, so it is it's profound when you can see that. I, it's surprising that root canal treatments ever work. But what we do see, it's like as as an endodontist, it's, it's challenging because I see treatments work. I see patients get better. I see patients come in with large, you know, infections in the bone where you can see these defects in the bone and we do treatments and they come back and that bone is completely regenerated. Their ligaments are intact, their symptoms are gone and they feel great. So it's the challenging thing because most endodontists are thinking, "Hey, these treatments are working," and they're not necessarily looking at the bigger picture. And there is a bigger picture. And for a while, for years, I think that the specialty as a whole wanted to, you know, disregard it and say, "Hey, there's no connection here between root canal infections and systemic, you know, disease." But it it actually it, it actually all comes down to terminology, and I think this is really important because. Um, I'm sure a lot of listeners have seen the movie Root Cause that came out, and that was was incredibly, you were in it. It was very informative, and I think it was so important to raise awareness of the issue. Um, The problem is, is that all of the research that has been published, it's all talking about the relationship of apical periodontitis and systemic illnesses. Apical periodontitis is an infection around a tooth. It could be a root canal, necrotic root canal space that leads to this infection in the bone. It could be a failing root canal treated tooth that leads to this infection in the bone. There's a variety of ways that you can get this apical periodontitis. That is what all of the studies are saying is directly related to systemic illnesses. And it's profound. If you have apical periodontitis, you're three times more likely to develop coronary artery disease. It's, it's, um, it's, it's major, and they're finding that the plaques in, um, that ha- cause heart attacks have tons of bacteria in them, and most of them are from these oral pathogens. Up to 78% of them are from oral pathogens. They're the exact bugs that you see in failing root canal treatments. So there's a definite correlation. And in the new studies that are coming out, even in the Journal of Endodontics, which is the AAE's journal, they're now saying just in the last few months, hey, there is a direct connection between apical periodontitis and systemic inflammation. And so everyone's finally coming around saying, hey, this is happening, this is a thing. And now it's time to start diving in and really doing the research, thinking how can we look at this um, better because success is not just merely the tooth. It doesn't hurt anymore. We need to look at biomarkers like CRP, interleukin-6. There's different ones that are now showing us, hey, and certain numbers are dropping after canal procedures are done properly. But in general, when there's the infection present, these numbers are, are very high in these patients relative to a normal patient with no dental infections.
0: Yeah, and it's not just coronary artery disease; it's kidney disease, and it's mm-hmm. cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there seems to be a correlation too with the meridian that the tooth is on and the, the disease that they could, could potentially influence. And I've seen many cases personally myself where breast cancers uh, were related to. You mm-hmm. look up the meridian the when t- where the per- person patient had the root canal was right at that tooth. So. Uh, Absolutely. Definitely. I, I- so I'm 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 curious of the people who come to you, or just a general pa- patient who was told they need a root canal was recommended by the mm-hmm. general dentist. Uh, what percentage of them do you think can be turned around? Over fifty with percent? Without uh,
1: yeah, it's so hard to say because every case is really sure. case but
0: I mean, specific. what's the range?
1: Oh, I mean, if if the tooth already has an infection or in and around the the apical area. There's, there's not really a way to regenerate that. We're seeing a handful of new research out there where um, some of these regenerative procedures are, are done, but we don't have any significant data at all to see if this is actually a healthy option for a patient. The last thing you wanna do is try one of these regenerative procedures that's actually continuing to promote disease in a patient. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I, if, it's a, if it's a case of reversible pulpitis, uh, I think that you have a very high chance of, of changing the, um, the status of the tooth and, and calming the nerve down completely. Sometimes even irreversible pulpitis, which is an irreversible inflammation diagnosis of the nerve. Um, all of these, if the tooth is still vital, if there's still any healthy nerve tissue left in the tooth, we can get a regenerative process going. But once that tissue starts to break down, the problem is you never really know until you start going into the tooth. And in a, in a tooth like a molar that has three separate roots, one mm. may be okay and the other two may be necrotic and dying. And so it becomes an extremely challenging diagnosis and treatment plan, and that's why it has to be done really in the chair of a specialist with a microscope with the laser, with everything that you need to so no matter what direction you go, you have all of the tools to, to do these treatments properly.
0: Okay. Well, go ahead. That great answer. So in the uh, cases of those where regenerative uh, techniques are not appropriate and they need something more aggressive, essentially that boils down to two options. One is to extract the tooth with... Mm-hmm. with you know, frowned upon by most dentists and anodontists, or to do a root canal. So let's go down those two options. Uh, you show really clearly that conventional approach is to sterilize those uh, canal. The the microtubules are just not going to work. Yeah. So best uh, because they're using bleach, uh, liquid bleach, uh, which is not going to penetrate those canals. So what about using a gas like ozone? Do you think it's biologically possible to sterilize it with a gas or even ozone gas won't penetrate because there might be a pressure differentials or something where the gas can't get in. Uh, and so are there is there any way to do a, a biologically safe root canal in 2020?
1: Yes. So- You hit all the points. Uh, I have incorporated ozone therapy into my root canal procedures for the last five years. And in fact, I started a pilot study at UCLA looking at the efficacy of, of ozone gas and comparing it to traditional techniques. And it was a blow to me, but unfortunately, the ozone gas wasn't doing the job. I, it's we we use it at about 100 micrograms per milliliters, which is very high, but we only did it for one minute per canal. Now, what we know about ozone is it's dose dependent and it's mm-hmm. time dependent. Mm-hmm. So further studies are going to be done, but we may need to create a system, a closed system, where we can completely infuse the tooth with the ozone gas in order to sterilize it. Because yes, of course, gas is going to travel deeper into tubules than even a liquid is. The, the main issue is that if there's debris and blockages in these tubules, I don't believe the ozone gas is able to penetrate. Now, with the traditional techniques, you're leaving so much, so much behind. And I have a, a really, really cool video to show you that compares the traditional technique with the new uh, laser activated irrigation and this is what's made me feel really good about these treatments that i'm doing on my patients so what you're looking at now is a, this is a model of what a tooth would look like you see this one tubing on the left and on the right these are connected by this little channel down below all of the black material is a biofilm that they grew in this model. And there's an instrument on the left side, and this is uh, an ultrasonic instrument. This is an instrument that has been used for a long time and used to be really the standard of care for irrigation or trying to flush these root canal systems out. And you can see in this video it really doesn't do much when this thing is activating. You can see the biofilm moving a little bit, but, but really nothing at all. Now, with the new laser activation that I'm using in my practice, watch how quickly this biofilm is disrupted. The laser is simply at the top of the tooth. It doesn't have to extend down the canal. And look wow. at that energy. This is what I'm talking about, Dr. Mercola. This is what not a lot of people are familiar with. You cannot have a root canal procedure without advanced irrigation. It is absolutely critical. And with just a few. 10, 20 seconds, look at the amount of that biofilm that's disrupted. We're also seeing complete cleaning of the dentinal tubules as well. I have a picture in a second, but I'll show you. Does that
0: go down to the microtubules too?
1: Yeah, this goes down to the microtubules. I have a picture. This is actually a really cool cross-section of a root. Where you're seeing this dye, this blue dye, this is inside the tubules. So this is a study looking at dye penetration. Now on the left picture you see the blue dye penetrating with just regular irrigation. Now -hmm. look at the right picture. This is with the laser irrigation. Now we still have ways to go. I want that thing to be blue 360 degrees around. And there's a lot of research still being done to figure out how to do that, but we are making leaps and bounds with this technology and we're getting complete cleaning of the tubules in some cases all the way through the root
0: structure. Is the laser actually going through the enamel?
1: Uh, so this is how the no, it's actually because this laser, the erbium, you saw it before. Yeah, yeah. You saw it. You saw it before, and it was on a setting that is actually able to take away enamel and take away dentin. It completely okay. ablates the structure. We're using it at extremely, extremely low settings. Okay. But it, because of the um, physics in this laser, it creates shock waves. Erbium: YAG lasers, the oh. most, the, the thing that they affect the most is water. This wavelength wants water, and when it yeah. hits water, it creates a shock wave. Okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's really, really incredible. It's, it's, so you can it's see, acoustic,
0: it's an acoustic treatment.
1: It's an acoustic treatment. It's a photoacoustic yeah. treatment. This treatment was originally called PIPs photon-induced photoacoustic streaming. If you see the picture down wow. in the bottom right, this is actually nerve tissue, the pink. So without even putting any traditional instruments in the tooth, all of this tissue will be dissolved with the laser activation. So. Mm-hmm. With just a few minutes of this, you know, I like to do obviously the more the better, and I just am flushing these teeth out, just like you see in that top image, and getting all of the debris and tissue out. So, this is what allows us. There's one more technology that's on the market that's doing a, really, really reaching a lot of endodontics. So, if you need a root canal procedure, find someone that's using either the laser or this gentle wave procedure the gentle wave is using sound energy. So the, it has this multisonic, all of these different frequencies, and you have a closed system on the tooth. And it actually sucks all of the soft tissue and necrotic tissue and debris out of the root structure. So between these two technologies, we're getting results like this. This is the look of the tubules when they're just sparkling clean. Mm. So it, it is possible, but unfortunately the majority of root canal procedures that are being done are not using this so if you're out there and and this is what's really really worrisome is because as we know so many people have root canal um Mm -hmm. treated teeth in their mouth and sometimes more often than not there can be silent infections Mm -hmm. around these teeth and it's it's incredibly important to understand that if you have a root canal treated tooth in your mouth, you need to go have a 3D image. Mm-hmm. You need to have a cone beam CT image. Yeah. Let and me show how, you.
0: How many dentists have these, or, or do most endodontists have them?
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know if "most" is the correct term, but it's definitely becoming the standard of care. And yeah, yes, is. I think that many, many endodontists have these. If they don't have one, they should have a place nearby that they're sending you out for a scan. You should have a three D scan if you've ever had a root canal procedure, and that's my call of action to all of your listeners.
0: Yeah, you a call, need to a three D scan. Yes. Yeah. So you've and got to is, have that you don't even consider doing it unless you get that study done. It's it's just it's almost malpractice not to have it done.
1: This is what it looks like and it's so important that you understand. This is a this is an x-ray image and I know a lot of you may not be familiar with looking at these but this is going to be very obvious for you.
0: Mm-hmm. On the
1: image on the left, the the tooth right in the middle that has the white line down it, that is a root canal treated tooth. Now, if you generally look at the surrounding bone, it looks all about uniform. But when you look at the image on the right, you can see a large, dark area over that tooth. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay. Just
1: right at the tip of the root, up near the sinus. That is an enormous periapical infection. This is the type of infection that is connected with all of these systemic diseases that you mentioned before. You Mm -hmm. cannot even see it in a normal x-ray image that you would get from your dental office. Mm -hmm. This is... Massive, like if a dentist saw this CT image, they would be, wow, like this, you have to have this treatment right away and it's completely missed in the periapical image. And this is why you have to go get a 3D cone beam CT dental scan uh, as soon as possible if you have any root canal treated teeth in your mouth.
0: Okay, so say they come up with, they get the the scan done, they find a periapical abscess like the, the CT scan shows. Can you use the treatments that discussed earlier when you're doing a pre uh, root canal uh, initially can you do some post root canal intervention
1: yeah, and that's probably seventy-five percent of my practice is wow. redoing infected wow. root canals. People fly from all over to come. There's plenty of amazing endodontists out there. And thank God more and more of them. And I'm out teaching and lecturing internationally, teaching them, hey, the importance of this. And the importance is not just your success and your general success that an endodontist would, you know, be happy with. It is realizing the oral systemic connection and knowing that we can't leave anything behind if we want to feel good about helping our patients. This CT image is what I very often see. You, you see a cross section of these roots and the arrow is pointing to a dark, a little dark circle. That is a completely missed canal, which means someone had a root canal procedure done and there was four channels of, of pulp tissue and only three were located and cleaned. So Forget about all the, I mean, we have all the tiny tubules. We have all of the accessory and little lateral tiny channels, but they miss an entire channel. So there's tons of bacteria in these teeth. And this is what I do every day in, day out, patients get the ct we find these issues we find the connections into the sinus how it's related to all of these problems and we just start breaking them down and and doing our best to to help these patients
0: great i'm curious uh because i know you're uh, using or personally uh, in your practice hyperbaric oxygen and if you had any experience integrating the hyperbaric with the with the other uh, photoacoustic treatments to improve the the Process further because it would seem, especially over 30, 40 treatments, that it, it maybe a higher pressure, like two atmospheres, two and a half atmospheres, that you'd be able to get the oxygen into the tooth area.
1: Absolutely. So, I, I have a, a lot of patients that have gone in. We have luckily a couple of different hyperbaric centers in Los Angeles that I'm able to refer to. And the patients that come see me are generally very committed to their health. And mm-hmm. so, we do a variety of treatments that support the procedures that we're doing. We do ozone inside the tooth where we have an antibacterial Mm -hmm. effect, but we also inject it around the tooth. Mm -hmm. And we do that at their recall appointments as well. So we're constantly stimulating the immune system around these teeth. And we're also doing the low-level laser treatment to constantly... to to do that as well, as well as microcurrent and other things to keep energy flowing in these areas where I know that there's scar tissue. And so we have to go through and break that down. And and eventually that energy can start flowing through. And, And there's ways that we do, you know, body scans and biofeedback and stuff. And it's, it's really amazing. And that's what integrative endodontics, my practice is all about is not only that, but like doing genetic testing and you can actually see what's going on with the person's ability to create like il1 beta for example there was a study that showed that 70 percent of root canal failures were connected to a polymorphism, that these patients are more susceptible of creating IL-1 beta. So that's a huge number. So if we can screen our patients, we know which ones that we can do a treatment on and which ones that tooth probably has to be extracted. You know, there there are many issues with extracting teeth as well. Uh, there's a decrease in that neural feedback to the brain. And so it's being um, correlated with early, early Alzheimer's and, and other sort of degenerative Uh, neurodegenerative diseases. And also when you take a tooth out, you're taking out that periodontal ligament, um, that ligament that's encompassing the root That we want to make sure if you are removing a tooth, you want to get it all out. But when it's there and when it's vital, even around a root canal treated tooth, that ligament is vital. And it's nourishing the root from the outside. It's acting as a defense mechanism to any bacteria or things coming through. And it's providing 70% of the blood flow to the surrounding jawbone so when you take a tooth out and you take the ligament out you're cutting the blood supply to the jawbone in that area by 70% and that's a profound number and that's why you start to see all of the degeneration of the bone and the resorption when you take a tooth out because there's really nothing left to support that that bone
0: mm-hmm. so in the past these techniques weren't available to Essentially, sterilize the remaining uh, canals that you have now in the 21st century. Uh, so, I'm wondering, uh, and it, so the recommendation generally was to remove the tooth, and I've had two teeth, maybe th- no, three teeth removed mm-hmm. because I didn't want to suffer the co- biological consequences of having infected uh, root canals. So, um, I guess what what do you do there's there's two different routes to go down is it, it, so in the 21st century what what percentage of the people are presenting with a potential root canal uh presentation can be done say, where they you can't do the regenerative techniques where they you just just fix it without doing the intervention versus so that's a certain percentage and then do you think the rest of the people that would have to your, your recommendation now is to have these were these uh the treatments you just described as an alternative to removing the tooth or do you think that in any cases that a tooth extraction is indicated
1: I think there's definitely cases that a tooth extraction is indicated, but I think that there's plenty of patients out there that can withstand having a root canal procedure and, and remain healthy. Even Weston Price said there's, a, there's different categories of, mm-hmm. of people out there and patients. There's, there's patients that are gonna be very susceptible to these, to any sort of remnant bacteria in these teeth, causing systemic illnesses, and then there's going to be people that are just fine. And so he really was hoping that in the future we would continue to do research on this. And I think that's where the key is: is that we need to do more research with these new techniques. And I'm, I'm on it. I'm, I'm it's definitely a goal of mine to get the research done to, to mimic some of these older studies using the new technology and, and looking at not only getting rid of the bacteria, but getting rid of the endotoxins and everything that the bacteria leave behind because those move quicker and faster than the bacteria once they're released into the body.
0: Yeah, so if a person um, has had a a tooth or needs their tooth extracted, what do you recommend to replace the the tooth? Do you recommend implants or a bridge or a Mm -hmm. a partial? a partial
1: Yeah, there's a couple options, and of course, I just always talk to the patient. I give them all the information, and I guide them and let them decide for themselves what's going to be best. First of all, if you're going to extract a tooth, it needs to be done by a surgeon that's using, you know, biological um, things like PRF, platelet-rich fibrin, which really help the site heal and create new bone and new collagen in the area quickly, and also provides, like, an immune response in the area. Um, So that's really important. Also, if you're going to think about doing an implant or getting an implant placed, you need to do sensitivity testing. There's a there's a um, lab called Meliza where you can look for metal sensitivity because actually a very high amount of people are sensitive to titanium, which most of the implants being placed are made of titanium. There's alternatives like zirconia, but it's important that you find out if you are compatible with these materials before you put them in your body. So that's really important. And if you're not able to put these in your body because of sensitivity, then your options are going to be a bridge or a partial. But but metal in the mouth is becoming more and more of an issue. And we're seeing it constantly. It's creating you know these interference fields in the mouth. And uh, a lot of people are having hypersensitivity reactions to them. And it turns it into just a domino effect of, of the patient's overall health. And so we're constantly evaluating that and helping our patients try to figure out what materials are best for them and what um, prosthesis or restorative,
0: um, you know, uh, plan
1: yeah. is going to be best for them.
0: Yeah. Metal free dentistry is, I believe is important, especially because you have two dissimilar metal, metals in your mouth and you have a battery that creates current that is yep. in many cases much higher than the currents running in your brain.
1: Absolutely.
0: So it can definitely have some biological impact. So with 20 million root canals being done each and every year in the United States alone, it's literally almost every adult watching this is either personally affected or someone they know or love is affected. So, you know, you're watching this and it's impacting you or someone you love. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like the, if you're prudent and a responsible and really, um, intend to optimize your health that the first marching orders unless they've seen a, a, a biological dentist like yourself is to go out and get this special 3d cone, cone x-ray of your to- tooth right the first step yes
1: that's step one
0: that's step one so why don't you walk us through the rest rest of the steps
1: Okay, so go get a CT scan. Generally, you can do that at an endodontist office, have them evaluate the tooth, make sure they send it for a radiographic interpretation to the nearest, you know, university of your choice. Um, so or there's a company called beam readers. And, and these are, you know, board certified radiologists that look through every detail of the scan because like everything, some things can be missed. You know, your endodontist is just another human, and they're doing their best to evaluate the area. But it's important that multiple people look at the scan. I always recommend getting multiple consultations yeah, that, and opinions.
0: That, that won't be an issue in the future. Probably in the next three or four years, we'll have. Ready
1: AI. Yeah, we'll have
0: an AI read it, so the, the radiologist will be doing something different.
1: It's gonna be great. But I but really you, look forward to that. Yeah,
0: but now you need you need to have a few few eyes on this thing because it's so easy to miss.
1: Absolutely. So you get different opinions, making sure there's plenty of biological dentists out there all over. Um, and
0: How do they find this endodontist? And what, what are the resources that they can go online to find uh, one that's close to them?
1: So if I were a patient, I would go to Fatona website, F-O-T-O-N-A, and uh, cool. GentleWave. So Fatona is the laser company and GentleWave is
0: dot, dot .com and Gentle
1: Fotona, Wave. Fatona.com and gentlewave.com.
0: Okay. And they have a list of practitioners who- Exactly.
1: You can find a list of practitioners that are using this technology. If you're going to someone using either of these technologies, you're going to generally be in good hands. I, in my practice, am using both. So I use the laser and the gentle wave. So we are just, we are cleaning the ultimate capacity in these teeth. And that's what I feel is, is necessary.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could. I mean, it's, it just seems obvious. I, you know, I, I, I've uh, probably sensitized tens, if not hundreds of millions of people to this issue of root canals being dangerous. I mean, mm-hmm. highly criticized for doing that. But the unfortunate side effect of that is, what am I going to do? That was the yeah. common reaction. I'm so glad I ran across you because now there are some great things you can do yeah. that, can, that can address the issue and potentially even reverse it and not, well, if you have a root canal, you're not going to reverse that, but prevent you from having a root canal in the first place. But yes. certainly, clean up what's already been done and not not remove the Absolutely. tooth. Absolutely,
1: because people yeah. want to save their teeth. And I mean, yeah. we can it tell should. them what the we can tell them the risks of keeping these teeth in their mouth. And I see patients all the time, you know, that are on complete opposite sides of the spectrum. Um, but we have to just give them the information and guide them the best that we can. But most people I find really do want to save their teeth because once you start taking teeth out, I mean, talk about limiting your mastication ability. You can't break down your food properly. And then we're getting into issues with absorption in the gut. And so it's, it can be a domino effect to start losing your teeth. So people generally do want to save them. And if you do, and if you're holding on to that, that tooth that's had a root canal, or what, what I find is actually the, the most sad um, is when I have patients that think they don't want a root canal they come in, but they come in with a very large infection around a tooth, and they think they're helping themselves by not having the root canal procedure, but really, they're in the worst case scenario. They have a giant infection. They actually have the apical periodontitis that is proven to be related to systemic illnesses, and this is where it comes back, and this is, I think, one of the most important points is to terminology. A root canal is an anatomical structure inside of a tooth. We have one in every tooth in our mouth. We all have this root canal space, this root canal structure. A root canal treatment is having this procedure done, and then after that, you have a root canal-treated tooth in your mouth. So we all use the term root canal, and that's where all the confusion is. Oh, root canals cause this disease. Not really. Apical periodontitis or root canal infections cause these systemic illnesses, I believe are definitely related to all of these systemic illnesses. But a root canal procedure or a root canal treated tooth in itself does not cause the systemic illness. Everyone's you know, immune system is actually what leads to all of these pathogens and infl- the pathogens lead to the inflammation. When your immune response, if you're switching from your macrophages, when they switch to type M1 versus type M2, the M1 are are creating all of this inflammation in our body and this immune response. And it's a very complex system. So we need to just remember that these terms are very important. And I catch it, I catch myself saying it all the time. Oh, do you have a root canal? No, do you have a root canal treated tooth? okay or are you going to have a root canal procedure it's just really important that we start breaking these down when we're talking about and we're talking to so many people um and and i'm just i'm so grateful for like everything that you do and your huge outreach because it's so important and i manifested talking to you dr mercola about two years ago i said i have to talk to mercola about this and um you know it came to me like the universe presents you know, when, when the time is right. And I'm honored to be here and to share this information with you because we can't just recommend all of these teeth being removed because some of them are going to be okay in a specific person and some of them aren't. And so I'm creating an educational platform to teach endodontists and dentists about the diagnosis, how to do precision dentistry, to figure out if your patient is healthy enough to withstand a treatment like this, when to choose extraction, and the whole, a whole like six-module course that's going to dive into detail about this. And so they can access that on my website, i-endo.com, and the courses are already starting, and I'm going to be spending the next decade of my life really trying to, to change this paradigm and to shift
0: world, into the into the new world. way of healthcare. Yeah, and it's not it's you're right. It's not a, a root canal in it, but by itself, it is essentially it's an improperly treated root canal that has failed to pro- to sterile sufficiently sterilize a tooth. So uh, as long as you have markers to do that, it's great. And, and you know, ozone is such a great tool. You know, I'm I just within the last year or two have come to more fully appreciate the value of ozone. Uh, around the teeth, especially when you have pain. And I there's no doubt, not a micro doubt in my mind, that I could have probably avoided almost all my cavities. If I mm-hmm. had a proper ozone treatment, and you can get them at home, you don't have to see the dentist to do that. I mean, it's pretty safe. And yep. you can, I mean, just as long as you don't breathe it in, I mean, that's the whole key thing. You have to hold your breath when you're treating it. But it, there's no toxicity to ozone except for your lungs. And you just treat the tooth. And I, can't, I I have literally turned around probably three, four or five different potential cavities and just eliminated them with ozone.
1: Absolutely, and I wanna share with you, um, if this, this is a slide of, of me in clinic, and these are two images on your left of how you can deliver ozone to a tooth. So mm-hmm. the image on the left is just using a small cannula and going into these deep grooves in the tooth that are just starting to decay to reverse this process. And then the bottom picture, you actually have the silicone device that caps over the tooth. And nice. so you can get the ozone gas to really go down into the wow. canal. And this is what we can do after the root canal procedure. I yeah. agree yeah. I agree with you 100, and this is how you put it into the tooth during the root canal procedure, Dr. Mercola. Wow. So you're in one canal and you can see it, look at this, look at how close I can look in this tooth. You can see it bubbling up the. Other canals nearby. <laughs> That's great. I'm really glad I got to show you that last one because and, and ear insufflation, uh, nas- breathing uh, through ozone oil and breathing it through when you have infections in the sinus that are related to your upper teeth, we do all of these extra procedures to support and, and the ozone is phenomenal. I've seen cases, Dr. Griffin Cole, who's in Austin, Texas, who's mm-hmm. a big part of IOMT, I'm sure you know him. I was he just did, in Boston
0: yesterday or two days oh, ago. Wow.
1: He showed me cases of osteonecrosis of the jaw that he completely reversed with ozone injections. This is something that the dental community has literally said, it's not curable. And he has these cases where you see holes in the jaw completely rotting. And over a series of a few months of him doing ozone injections, complete resolution of the bone and soft tissues. This wow. is going to change dentistry. And it's so important that more and more people learn about it. And I just give a shout out to Dr. Phil Malika and all of his work that he's done teaching dentists how to use ozone therapy. And I'm just so grateful for this team of integrative you know, dentists out there that are coming together. And it's just going to take, a little bit more time oh, we're going to break bit. through we're going to break through what what,
0: what you're you what with respect to your colleagues what percentage of them dan specifically are open to this I, I i suspect you're a minority probably under 10 <laughs> maybe five percent yeah maybe under
1: 5, yeah under i would say under five percent um i have been lucky enough to find a couple key people that I've been able to work with in my practice, but it is very challenging, but it's growing. And I commend the, you know, Katona and Wave because mm. these companies are raising awareness and making sure that we start elevating our level of care because endodontics hasn't changed much. You know, the filing systems have changed a little bit, but it hasn't changed much over the last 30, 40 years. Mm. This is a new age. And because of the guy next door is now using this technology. More and more people are starting to get it because patients are becoming educated. They're going online, they're listening to these podcasts and they're demanding it. And that's where it's going to come from. It's going to come from you. It's going to come from the patients. And when you guys start going to only practitioners using this technology i 'm telling you it 's going to shift
0: yeah, it's absolutely going to make make a difference there 's not a doubt micro down in my mind that 's the way we hit the GMO issue is that we educate the public to know to demand it so that we can they can vote with their pocketbooks in the same way here if you 've got a rook l and it 's almost every one of you out there watching this, you need to go to these websites and and yeah, and if you value your health, you know, take it to the next level and clean. At least examine the tooth to see if you have an issue. It may be clean, and then you're fine. You don't have to do anything else. But if it's mm-hmm. infected, you're in an accident waiting to happen. And that's that's the. the the condition where the, you hear about all these people with root canals having problems is because the root canal was improperly sterilized and it got secondarily infected, went into an abscess and that caused the problem. So you can, you could, you can take action and generate a massive interest in these t- technologies and adoption of them and, and start increasing the number of dentists and dentists, endodontists specifically that are out there because you know when I first started into this, I, was, I worked with Charlie Brown for the consumers for dental choice and when he first started actually, there was like only a few percent of the dentists in the entire country were mercury free. Now mm-hmm. it's over 50%. And that's a yeah. big step. So we yeah. got to get at least 50% of the endodontists in, into this, this, this area.
1: I think we're going to do it. And I'm, I'm, my life is devoted to this. I'm all in and uh, I'm involved with the AAE and I'm, they know exactly what I'm doing and, uh,
0: do they give yes. you a lot of of, of flack or pushback? Yeah,
1: yeah. I brought up Weston Price, and they almost like knocked my chair. About oh. it. But it's it's uh it's they you when the when your own journal is is now publishing papers saying hey there's a connection. They have the they care. And so now that, okay, now that we're at this place, we have to do the research. We have to do the research and start seeing what's working and what type of people, where is the answer, you know, for this treatment plan versus this versus this. And it's all going to be about customized care. I think AI is going to be a huge part of it. I think you're absolutely right. I'm so excited for the, for the future of endo. But one thing I want to touch on before, you know, before we wrap up anything is that, we talk so much about the safety of root canal procedures mm-hmm. and potential reinfection of these teeth. Please do not disregard the importance of brushing and flossing because the, your gum tissue is like the most important thing. Oh, these root canal procedures, yes, they're, they're trapped areas that your body can't get to. If you have inflammation around in your gums around a root canal treated tooth, you're asking for trouble because yeah. the bacteria are going to completely just start to crawl down near the periodontal ligament and then penetrate into the tooth. And that tooth doesn't have a defense system anymore. Right. Right. So when you don't have dental fluid flow and nerve tissue that's full with your all your immune cells to help fight these bacteria from coming in, it is a very vulnerable tooth. So you need to make sure that you're cleaning that tooth really, really well and stay on top of it. It's not just about the root canal treatment inside, it's about all of the foundation of the tooth you get a water pick, make sure you're flossing using non-toxic toothpaste and, and really just taking the time to clean your teeth. I don't think most people actually know how to brush. Go on YouTube, check out some videos, really every single angle and corner of every tooth in your mouth needs to be addressed. So, so don't overlook that. Spend the time, love yourself and, and spend five minutes you know, brushing your teeth.
0: So I've got a practical follow-up question to that because I couldn't agree with you more but for what about those of us who for whatever reason I think in my case it was over aggressive brushing have gingival recession which exposes those teeth to significant risk of infection. So I'm wondering from a regenerative perspective if there's mm-hmm. any technologies coming up that can actually replace the the gingiva and move it up to cover it. Yeah. The teeth.
1: Well, there is and I'm glad you brought it up uh, Uh, Yes, some recession is definitely from brushing or brushing too hard over brushing. But most gingival recession is actually from malocclusion. You know, our teeth not fitting together the way that they should be, our our mouth not being as wide as it should be. And it puts a lot of extra stress on these teeth. Um, Dr. Jay Levy, uh, Mm -hmm. who is in Portland, and he holds courses on occlusion. And he is the most brilliant like dental neurophysiologist in my opinion. And he has taught me so much about the bending forces on teeth when the bite is not correct. And it actually creates these divots in, in, the, in the top part of your tooth called abfraction, and the gum tissue is just following. Mm-hmm. And so if you can get the bite adjusted properly and get a perfect harmonious occlusion where your teeth are fitting together and nothing is stressed out, that opens up your airway, it fixes yeah. your posture, and it leads to a whole benefit of of other health out, um, attributes. So but that's not really gonna, really important.
0: Yeah, that's if, for prevention, but it's not going to restore. For prevention. It's,
1: it's, it's no. Long. So once once you have this gingival recession, um, one of the procedures that are can be done is they can take uh, soft tissue from other areas of your mouth, like the palate, mm-hmm. and actually. Um, place that over these areas of recession, and it will fuse to that gingival tissue. Also PRF, or platelet-rich fibrin, is used during that procedure as well. And this you want to see a periodontist. periodontist, and
0: okay, I was going to ask what A specialist,
1: okay. yeah. But there are awesome, really regenerative procedures that are being done, and, and, and they work. They work well. I actually had well, one when I was a kid.
0: That would synergize really well with hyperbaric too. And
1: Absolutely. Probably
0: some ozone topically, I would think.
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I I'm, I'm, <laughs> I think I want to look into that because the sim, it's a simple process. It most likely has a pretty high success rate if you're healthy, I would think.
1: Yeah. Very high success. I can send you some more information on it and yeah, I'm happy to do
0: it. We need to get a, more aggressive with that. I just didn't wasn't having kept up to date on the technology mm-hmm. and realized that was an option now. So thanks.
1: You're welcome.
0: All right. Anything else you'd like to share? I mean, this has been incredible. I'm just so delighted and glad that you took the time, effort, and energy to go against the grain because it was not easy to do. I know that. And But you were seeking the truth. You're an authentic pioneer. in, in what, following the steps of Weston Price and George Meinig, you know, to really get to the the fundamental truth why people are having these issues and addressing that with new technology. I mean, this is a game changer. So I'm so glad you you stuck with it and, and are educating uh, us who are watching this, but also other professionals who uh, can, can affect so many other people.
1: Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here and share. And I'm the journey's just starting. So
0: yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> you've got, you've got many more years ahead of you to, to help mm-hmm. change things. So that's great but anything else you'd like to share about your, your own personal practice or other resources?
1: Uh, you can check, uh, the, my practice out at I endo.com. I highly recommend finding a functional medicine practitioner to, to discuss any health concerns that you have. If you haven't done that in the past and I work closely with IFM and I'm actually just starting my, my training myself. So I'll be a certified IFM practitioner hopefully by the end of the year. And, uh, yeah, just please, 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 IAOMT.org, IABDM.org, AAE.org. These are all great resources. Um, a lot of the information is available on my website about this new technology and links to, to get around and to explore that a little bit more.
0: Do you have any favorite books you'd like to recommend to people get up to speed on this?
1: I mean, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration. Well, my doctor was Pride is a classic. <laughs>
0: yeah
2: yeah
1: uh dr tom levy just put out a new book called um I know, just, just around here yeah it's about the the epidemic of these hidden infections so that's, that's a older
0: one though actually you just wrote a new one i'm an inter-, inter probably uh, magnesium actually i am interviewing him on this yeah
1: part. the magnesium book yeah absolutely
0: Right, and uh he's a big advocate of vitamin c i'm not so much except for um systemic infections like sepsis did you You know know that septic shock kills one in five people in the world
1: wow i did not
0: know that yeah it's it's just a shocking statistic which is published uh, last week i think and i didn't know it either i was just i was almost fell on my chair when i or actually i was standing up so almost fell down but uh it was shocking And, uh, and that's an indication where intravenous high dose vitamin c especially dr merrick who's uh an intensive care uh, emergency medicine position, I think, is published a lot on this and mm-hmm. protocols on that can save people's lives. I mean, 80% success rates, and that's just incredible. But anyway, I was a wow. little that's one of Dr. Levy's fortes days is by intravenous his Yeah, state. I know. <laughs> all right, well, this has been incredible. I want to again deeply thank you for all your pioneering work and and helping more of us understand about these technologies too, because your oral health is so crucial. I think that's the fundamental thing that many, certainly many physicians fail to appreciate is the importance of oral health. We have virtually no training in that at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's the first step of what, but you know, them, that for themselves personally, they got to get done, but they don't get the importance for their patients. So it really is a key key point.
1: Absolutely. Thank right. you.
0: Well, Well, thanks again.
2: Thanks, Dr. Nicola.